Welcome to the Ezra Podcast. Had to change the name. Too many damn mouthpiece podcasts. Too many damn the way in podcasts. Had to change the YouTube one too. The YouTube one is now called Straight to Video Podcast. It's a little on the nose. I mean, is it? I don't know. It seems like that's a movie podcast. But it makes sense because it's just straight to video. I don't put that on like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, which I'm on now. I'm on Apple Podcasts now. Things are changing. Things are growing. We're headed in the right direction with this. Let's get to the fights. Let's get to Marvin Vittori versus Israel Adesanya. And Adesanya is in his prime. He's in his weight class that he belongs. He's the best at this weight class. He Is he the most dominant in his weight class of all the fighters? I would say Usman is right there with him. I think they're neck and neck. But it's really, I think it's just them two. If we just count the males, because we go in female, then you got Shevchenko and Nunez. But, I mean, it really is like a rare run that he's on, that Adesanya is on. And him coming off the loss, I think people were kind of just like down on him in a weird way. Like no one was saying it, but it was just had that feel that it wasn't like the Adesanya didn't have like the presence that he once had. And I think that people, you know, when you lose, and in MMA, it's okay to lose more than it is in boxing, but still, it's like that shine is off of you. And he had lost. And when he had lost, it just took that shine off him. But not to me. To me, I was like, I just knew the weight was the big difference in that fight. And I knew that when he went to middleweight, in the weight that he's the most comfortable at, that he was going to be Israel, the same one that we had seen before. The same one that had dominated before. That hadn't been touched, really, by anyone besides Calvin Gastelum. And when Izzy went back to his game, and he was a little sharper, and I think the the thing that has to be talked about is how good he was on the ground. And he did get taken down. It was like, it wasn't all the things that you, Marvin was going to be looking for before the fight, right? If you were explained before the fight, like, what would be the things that need to happen for Marvin to win this fight? They happened. They all happened. He took him down. He was able to, you know, get him against the fence and throw some punches. He got his back at one point. It, none of it mattered. Even though he got all those positions, it didn't matter. It, Izzy was probably in danger one time is when Marvin got his back. And Izzy turned on him ended up on top of him. Landing some decent shots. The weight made the huge difference. Now, was there better technique from the ground? I think that's questionable. I wouldn't say that I saw something that was like, oh, wow, that, you know, something i never seen before from him. I think it... A lot has to do with when, like, a 205-pound man is on you and a 185-pound man is on you. It's a big difference. And the things that he could use to explode with a 185-pound man, it won't work against a 205-er. And that's what happened. He couldn't get back up. And this one, he could explode his hips. His hips were explosive. He kicks all day. His movement, you know I mean? Of course, he's going to have explosive hips. And he exploded with his hips. And they would allow him to get the gap and space that he needed. The man was just the right size to get the space he needed to get back up. But he still did have all those things. He still was able to get taken down. A lot of takedowns happened too, is because when he was moving his he was moving his head, right? He felt really comfortable moving head against the fence. His hips still in the same spot, so Marvin got to eat those up and brought him down. It happened. All those things happened, and it still wasn't good enough to beat him. And that's the thing I was thinking about when I was watching the fight. I'm like, these weaknesses are still here. We see him, right? All these things to put him in a vulnerable spot are still here, but he's not even close to losing this fight. 
So is this more encouraging to his opponent, or is it is it less encouraging? I, I don't know. I think it could be less encouraging. Is that you could put him in those bad spots, right? If you told Marvin that he was going to get his back, right, with his hooks in, you, he would think, well, that fight's over. I'm going to win by a submission, by a rear naked choke. I think a lot of people would think that. And it didn't happen. And it was, you know, the threat was there, but it never was really close. Israel Adesanya at 185 right now. It to me can't be beat. There isn't a man that I can see that could beat him. I know Whitaker's coming up next. But Whitaker was never close in that fight. And I think that was, you know, that was a style that Whitaker wanted to fight in it. Now he's going to be a little more controlled. He looks like he picks his shots a little bit more. But I don't know. I just think Izzy, if you're going to stand with him, it's going to have to be in numbers. It's going to be a numbers game. More than like you picking shots with him because I think he he just starts confusing you with just like feints. At one point he, uh, Victoria caught his uh, his leg kick right and took him down the ground. He gets up. I tweeted this. He of course he fakes the leg kick right because of course he's gonna Victoria's gonna look for the leg kick now. And then he goes up to the head but fakes the head kick right, and Victoria, uh, you know, reacts to both. And I was thinking, like, how genius that was, right? Because what he's doing is, like, he's playing the game where, you know, in The Princess Bride where they put poison in one of the cups. And then they're, like, turn around and the guy switches the cup. He's like, what cup is it in? That's what he's playing with him. And when he got up, he's playing, like, is Victoria going to be expecting the leg kick? Or is Victoria going to expect me to fake and then go to his head? Right, and he said, "Okay, I'm gonna do both, and never, and not give him either. I, I did, I didn't come fully commit to either. So now he has to think about both again. It, it changes the whole aspect to where like he can't just sit in the leg kick anymore. And Victoria never caught a leg kick again the rest of the fight. It's little things like that that like if you allow Izzy to think too much in this fight, get too comfortable, he's just gonna have you all thrown for a loop because he offers too much, too much offense. So Whitaker seems to be next." The curious part with Izzy's career is going to be the move to 205 again. And how does he attempt it? Because he will attempt it. He's that kind of guy. He wants to see how great he is. And who will be champ at that point? Remember, uh, John is older. John's going to have to go through some tough fights. And Yuri, who's, you know, everybody's darling right now, is coming after the Glover Texera fight. Now, Glover Teixeira fights a tough fight for him. So who's going to be champ, and when does Izzy look to make that move one more time? To make that attempt to win that title? And is the John Jones fight still a possibility for him? This is a guy that was thinking about going to heavyweight at one point. And I thought, I thought it just, it was the same Izzy before the 205 move that was just dominating. It was the same one. And I know people were saying the fight was boring and all that. I don't know what they want. I thought Izzy was very impressive in that fight. He did all the, you know, Marvin had one chance to win this fight. He wasn't going to win with his hands. He had to get him down. And the way he was going to get him down is that, and I told you that, is he didn't have like a a, a blast double, right? He didn't have, he doesn't transition well like Usman where he gets against the fence and he has about five different takedowns and techniques that he's working doesn't have that he's gonna have to drag him down and that's what he was trying to do and it, okay yes it, it's not the most exciting thing to watch but hey you guys the mma always communities always talk about the wrestling and the grappling and the jujitsu 
Well, when the guy's trying to, you got to respect it. And he was. He was trying. That was his best way to win. Okay? That was his best way to win. Could he just go in there and throw haymakers and hope to catch Izzy? Maybe that's okay. That's a attempt that you think, oh, that's really short. That's not the way he was going to win this fight. Okay? It wasn't going to happen. He knew it. Sometimes you're in the thing where the guy, even if you think, like, I'm just going to go balls to the wall, you know the guy's superior to you. He's going to knock you out cold if you do that. So that's not your best way to win. That's just what you want him to do. That's not his best way to win. His best way to win was to get him to the ground. He got to his back. He needed to get to that position again. He couldn't do it. But he was trying. That's it. I don't know what more you want from him. He was trying. There's never a point in that fight where I didn't feel like Marvin wasn't trying. He was trying. He needs to go back to the drawing board. I don't believe he has the abilities to to really be a threat to Izzy. I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe the, you know, Izzy will move up or shake-up will happen and then he'll get another chance. But that's not a fight that's ever going to sell again for Marvin. So he's in a kind of a tough spot at that weight class. But there's still interesting fights. And there's still guys that Izzy has beat that Marvin could fight. This is this fight played out exactly how I thought it would play out. That's why I bet it. I won big this. I won big this weekend. Fake money, but real pride on it. Let's get to the co-main event, and I didn't bet this one, and I had Figueroa winning because I thought it was going to be a similar fight to the first one, but I thought Figueroa wouldn't get the minus the point, right? And I thought everything kind of won in Moreno's favor in the last one. They what he needed for that fight for him to get a win in the last fight, and he still needed a draw. So I thought. Well, Figueroa's probably going to be more controlled, preserve himself a little better, not just look for the finish. And he'll be able to uh, pull out a decision on this one. But Figueroa cannot fight this weight class anymore. And it was a gas tank problem from like the beginning. It was a gas tank problem. And Moreno knew that. And he just put his, he put his foot like on the gas like right away and just put pressure. And he knew that he didn't have a gas tank problem. He knew he was comfortable with that weight class. And he knew that... Why wait and play defensive this time? You know what I mean? And he had got that rub. And that's the thing that people talk about. And I think they use it incorrectly a lot. But Moreno got that rub last time. He got that confidence. He always probably wondered. He probably thought, He probably thought. you know what I mean? But at night, he went to sleep, right? And he probably wondered, am I at that elite level? How will I react to that elite level? What's the speed like? What's the power like? What's all those things? He didn't know. And when he got their figure eight though, and he had a tough fight, and he was a little more defensive in that fight, a little more cautious, because he wasn't 100% sure. But as the fight went on, and he started putting on Figueredo, he started winning rounds. He got the draw, right? The fight that he probably thinks he felt he won. He got the rub, and he went in the training camp feeling like, I'm at that level. I should be champ of the world. I'm going to be champ of the world. And that's how he came in. And it's interesting that a fighter got the rub in a match and goes back and fights the same guy. And the guy that gave him the rub, he goes and beats I remember I heard Dane, uh, Joe Rogan say that uh, Anthony Smith had got the rub from Joe Rogan. I mean, from uh, John Jones. And I didn't, I didn't agree with that. I was like, no, he didn't. Because he still lost that fight. It wasn't, like, debatable whether he won the fight. It wasn't debatable. That's the rub. It's like the confidence of, like, I'm here with these guys. No, Anthony Smith lost the fight. So he probably felt like, oh, this guy's a few notches above me. You know what I mean? I haven't proved that I can stay here with this guy. So that's not the rub. The rub is what Moreno got in the first fight. And when he came out, he came out guns a-blazing. And he was 100% confident. And Fig, Fig was, he was watching the gas tank. And when you watch the gas tank like that, and the guy's going on, you sprinting like that, I don't think Moreno's, like, technically the best fighter. I don't think he's got the uh, elite attributes. I don't think he has elite speed, elite power, all those things. 
but he's well-rounded and he's got a gas tank that's at a hundred percent all the time. He's got heart. He's got, um, mental strength. He has all those things that you need. And that combination of like good skill, but with all those other things could take you to that elite level and make you an elite fighter. And that's where he's at right now. He's an elite fighter. He has the title. Figueredo cannot make this weight anymore. He's going to have to move up. I think he knows that. I think he accepted it when he lost his fight. That's why he was so accepted because he just knew this weight class is done for me. I can't do it anymore. And Moreno, there's no there's no need to fight this one and run this one back. Moreno, uh, he put an end to it. He put the end to the thing. And now he will go on to fight, uh, I believe, Oscar, who has a win over Moreno, right? And Moreno's going to be in some exciting fights. It's just his style. It's just like that lower weight class, which they nearly got rid of, right? Um, places like Mexico, South America, they're going to revive those lower weight classes. And those lower weight, ca- lower weight classes are going to be, there's going to be some wars. There's going to be some wars in those weight classes. And they could get that Mexican market. I mean, Mexican people are not the biggest people. I'm Mexican, right? We're not the biggest people. I'm like 6'1". I'm considered a giant, right, for Mexicans. In those lower weight class, lower weight class, the ma- the matchups you have, the people that you're going to get, the hunger, the the style, the the heart that they have, it, you can make some stars. Honestly, and Moreno's a star in the UFC. He just is. From Tijuana, cut from the UFC, last picked on Ultimate Fighter. Right, low rated the lowest. But came back and won the title. That's a different kind of heart. That's a different kind of mentality. There's a different kind of want to have that. I don't know if the UFC's seen a lot of that. You know what I mean? Like you got you got a new thing coming now, right? Where the UFC came from, like it was like college wrestlers and and jujitsu guys. But I don't think they had the you know the the guys you have now, like um Francis, you know what I mean, who was digging sand, you know what I mean, that's what he was doing, Uh, you got like Moreno from TJ, like these are poor areas, right, with people a lot of hunger and a lot of want, and they're applying and they're seeing that this opportunity in MMA, and they're seeing this, this new fighting styles, they're new probably to their land, right, they're new to their country, and they're embracing it, and they're seeing it as a way out, and you're gonna see, you're gonna get some, um, if Mexico starts opening up now, right? If the the MMA gym start getting bigger there, and the fighting gets bigger there, you're gonna see some world champs come out of there, especially in these lower weight classes. There's not doubt in my mind. And you're seeing it from, you know, you're seeing it from like Ghana. You're seeing it from all these countries, right? These people, the people struggling. This is all they have to get out. It's awesome. It's awesome to see. Now Moreno is the first champ from Mexico opens up that whole market and they should just take him there immediately, right? He should be the next fight should be there. Then on the car, on the other card right below that one, right? Another five round fight, which is rare. They don't usually call they're just passwords like the cold main event and the main event is five rounds. And I think because Nate Diaz was originally going to be doing five rounds with uh, Leon Edwards, that's what they originally agreed to. They kept it. They kept, they kept their bar, side of the bargain. And they went into this fight where I, I, I told you, Right, that Leon Edwards is going to dominate this fight. That 
Nate Diaz was, first of all, 36 years old. He's on the downside of his career. He's not a welterweight. He's a guy that weighs what a welterweight weighs, but he's not a welterweight. And Leon Edwards is on a run and hungry and wants that title shot and is a defensive stand-up guy with loves control. He just was just a bad matchup for Nate. And saying all that, right, and Edwards dominated the fight. But the thing I noticed with Edwards, I was wondering if he had another gear in him. And he doesn't. He did, he, I haven't seen it yet. And this was the fight to show it. And I know that... And I know that Nate Diaz, right, I, I, he's a legend. I get he's respected. But if I end up with a smaller man who's hittable, who you're lighting up his legs, and you can't take it to that next gear, right, to say, I want to put this fight away. And the fight just kind of lingered. Even though he was dominating, even though he was winning, the fight's lingering. And Nate Diaz, as the fight goes on, he's got good stamina. He's got good cardio. So... He's the same spot where he, before he took the beating in the first round, the second and third and fourth, he's in the same spot though mentally. His gas tank's in the same spot. So when he gets to the fifth round and Leon, you know, is still defensive and everything like that, but it's a little less. It's just not the same that it was in the first round. It's not the same that it was in the second round. It's not the same that it was in the third round. Just a little less, a little slower, a little still there, a little too long. Gets caught at the end of a Nate Diaz punch. And Nate Diaz is not close to winning this fight. But then he rocks him, and it's like, oh, crap. Now Leon's got to survive. And Nate didn't really put it on him on him the way I thought he could have. But, you know, I mean, it is fifth round, I guess. And, you know, uh, Leon's very strong. So when he got in, they kind of grappled. He kind of held on to him. But before all, before, because of the way it ended and because of Leon never taking it to the next gear, it's kind of like a bad performance for him, which should have been like, his big moment, which should have been everything he had worked for, the the big name on his thing to get him to catapult him to like a title shot, it almost ends up like a bad performance for him. And now I'm questioning, like, he doesn't have another gear. And against a guy like Usman, right, who has, seems to find a new gear every time he fights, I just can't see, he needs everything to go perfect for him. It has to go exactly the way that Leon Edwards wants it to go for him to pull out the fight because it seems like when the, the 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 fight doesn't go that way, right? When Usman took him down, he doesn't have the next step to say like, "Well, I'm gonna get that back." He's not really a get it back type of guy. He's the kind of guy that controls the pace, controls the distance, controls the aspects of the fight. And once that starts falling apart, oh, I seen him with the Nate landing on him, and it's like, "Well, yeah, you let him linger here." For this long, you didn't have no killer in you. You had no dog in you. And those things matter when they're going for a title. When you're fighting elite guys like Usman. When you're fighting guys like, um, you know, who has the same problem. Like, to me, you know, has the same problem is Wonderboy Thompson. Same thing. Same thing. You can't let guys linger. You got to put them away. And Nate showed it all. And I think that last round really hurt uh, Edwards. And it really hurt him to the audience, too. And that's why Dana White's not looking to give him a title shot next. And he's going to go to Kobe. Because Kobe dominates. And he puts you down. And he, he humiliates you. And he takes you away from me. I just don't see that from Leon Edwards. I think he's very good. I think his defense is excellent. He fought, you know, Shakur Stevenson fought the same night. And I thought their styles are kind of like oddly similar. And I know that some people may think it's boring. But 
I like what Leon Edwards does. He's the best defensive fighter I've ever seen, stand-up-wise, in MMA. But th- he misses opportunity for that. And then sometimes I know you have to just fight to win, but sometimes it's not enough. And that's what this fight was. It wasn't enough. It was just not enough. And for Nate, it wasn't enough time left. And, I, the, the, you know, Nate is at the point where he's more myth than he is legend. And I understand that he's entertaining. I get that. He's a true gotti. He's entertaining, but he's not really a threat to Sino. He's not really a threat to elite fighters. He kind of just needs like the perfect matchups for him, which you know, oddly enough, is like Charles Oliveira is kind of like very good matchup for him at lightweight. I wish that Nate Diaz would go lightweight. I think he's way more interesting at lightweight, but I don't think that he's has it in him to cut down anymore. So I just think the UFC should match up fun, but we probably won't see him for like another three years. That's just his career. And that's the way it's been going. Let's go to the boxing card. I want to talk um, about Shakur Stevenson. And the fight went exactly how I said it was going to go. I told you Shakur Stevenson has, he's a one-trick pony. He has the fastest step back in boxing. It's a defensive move. It's not going to be, it's not the most flashy defensive move. It's all about positioning. It's all about distance. I know everybody said they want him to be Floyd or Sweet Pea. He's not a flashy defensive fighter like that. He's more like a fencer. He's defensive. He he pulls a step back and puts you out of range. And it also puts himself out of range. And that's just what it's going to be. It's not going to switch. It's Your fighting style is your mentality, your heart, the way you grew up, the way you think. It's not going to switch. It's not going to become entertaining out of nowhere. And when people say that, like he needs to switch his trainer or everything like that, that's not the way this works. Okay? He's good. He's excellent The what he does. Whether he's entertaining has more to do with whether he's going to be entertaining or whether he's going to sell has more to do what he's going to do outside the ring than it is what he's going to do inside. Because inside, that's what he is. That's what he's going to stay. So they need to match him up tough. And he's to do that exactly what he's doing to the best guys in the world. And that should be his mentality. And that should be his, the whoever's managing him's mentality. It shouldn't be, oh, you need to get more exciting. You need to have some more. No. That's not in his game. He's gonna get a lot. He's gonna be a lot worse of a fighter if you start telling him to have wars. He's not gonna do that. That is not him. That's not Shakur Stevenson. Shakur Stevenson is controlling the range and putting himself in the best position to attack, where no f- shots are gonna come back to him. That's it. Now, whatever they figure out his persona outside the ring, or wherever they do get a YouTube channel, or they start matching him really tough, and he starts doing that to everyone, and then people start paying to see who him get beat. That's it. That's the only way to go with this. Okay. Sometimes your style doesn't lead to fame. That happens. That's a part of boxing. And he's Winky Wright. That's why I think he is. He is Winky Wright. And Winky Wright had to go to a bunch of different countries. Had to fight their world champs. Had to lose some, win some. He lost a decision to Vargas, which I thought he probably won. He's weak, you're right. His style is not the most entertaining. But he works hard enough. He wins long enough to where he gets a shot. And Winky Wright got a break because he got Shane Mosley, right? And he beat Shane Mosley. Then Shane Mosley rematched it again. And he beat Shane Mosley again. And then there's a whole story of, like, Winky Wright, who had to travel the world, who had to go and fight everyone that... People didn't want to fight. He had to fight places that no one wanted to fight because he couldn't build an audience, and he finally did late in his career. Shakur Stevenson has the attention of everyone, right, because Top Rank's putting all the money behind him. They're going to have to start putting the right opponents in front of him. 
That's just where we're at with him. That step back move is elite. It's the fastest step back I've ever seen. I told you this from the beginning. And people saying like, oh, Shakur was sick. Right? Shakur said he was sick. Like sick and tired of people saying you're boring? Yes, I get that. But that's not that's the same Shakur we've seen all the time. I don't know why people were surprised by it. Okay, that's the same Shakur. I told you before the fight what the fight was going to be like. It's the same Shakur. It's nothing different. It was all the same. So even if he was sick, which if he really was sick, it doesn't matter. I still got the same performance from him. I did want to talk about Clarissa Shields. Clarissa Shields had her debut MMA fight. And she fought a girl that was 3-6. and six. And I thought Luke Thomas made a very good point that sometimes, you know, I don't like to listen to the like post fights before I do my own post fight. I don't like to listen to the pre-fight before I do my pre-fight because I don't want to take anything from anyone or I don't want their, their ideas to be stuck in my head. Right. But this was pretty good. I did want to bring it up. He says, right, because I'm not experienced with like when MMA fighters start. I know boxers, how they start, but I don't know MMA fighters, how they start. But he said, usually they face like an O&O faces an O-1 or another O-1-O or an O-2, whatever. But he says the experience is usually avoided, even if someone is like three and six, like how Alkin was when Clarissa Shields fought. Because you got to think that Alkin is still a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. And he was bringing up that if you went to a jiu-jitsu class, right, and you were a white belt, and you went against a brown belt all day, that the brown belt would make your life miserable. And he would. And I have faced brown belts before, as me being a white belt. And they do make your life miserable. And they just beat you up and could completely control you and know everything you're trying to do. Know all the mistakes you're making as a newbie, right? And as a newcomer. And that's what Clarissa, the situation Clarissa Shields was in. Now, Clarissa Shields definitely looked nervous as the fight started. Definitely feel like she couldn't get her feet under her. Alkin gets a takedown, right? And a lot of times when Clarissa Shields would defend the first attempt for the takedown and then... You know, maybe just inexperience or just excitement. When she could have pulled away, she would fall back into it to try to get a better position. And then Elkin would get the takedown again. And then she would get on top of her. And she had, like, full mouth. I thought this fight was over. I was like, oh, no. Like, the, you know, she's getting schooled. And the girl got, Elkin got on top of her. She couldn't land any damage. She doesn't have a really effective ground and pound. But she tried. She was, you know, putting shots on her. Right? And Clarissa Shields stood calm. As calm as could be. In that position. And the one thing that I, I've always said, right, like, because it doesn't make any sense. If you think the logic, right, that a boxer can't do MMA. But if any other style goes in, everybody's like, gets behind it. A jiu-jitsu guy who has no stand-up, uh, a lot of jiu-jitsu guys don't even have, like, the best takedowns. They don't have the best takedown techniques, right? Um, They go into MMA, and their, their bodies and everything are not built for stand-up, not built for explosiveness, usually, most of the time. And still people would be like, oh, this Gracie is about to win a world title. And it's like, oh, Gracie hasn't won a world title in however damn long in MMA. They'll still embrace it. Right? And a wrestler, of course, I, I get it. They're the best base for MMA. Because, yes, they could take the fight in an aspect that a lot, a lot of people want to go. Or have went. Or trained it. Like, Izzy didn't train wrestling until he started doing MMA. Right? He didn't. He did He was a, the best kick, one of the best kickboxers in the world. But the wrestler could take him in an aspect of the fight that he is unfamiliar with right you'd be drowning like that like that you know what i mean you put you in the middle of water and you can't swim and even though the fight starts standing up it's just a whole nother aspect of the fight that you can take it right so 
But I knew that if you had got an elite boxer, right, an elite boxer, that they were more athletic than probably 95% of the MMA, right? That these guys, right, in order to be an elite boxer, you have to be the best of the best. And that's skill-wise, that's ability, athleticism, that's everything. You have to be the best. And what is it, boxing? It's timing, it's distance, it's balance. Well, that's all those things you need in MMA. Like, honestly, if you have those in MMA, you're probably a real, really, really high-level fighter. Carissa Shields is bringing all those things. So what she showed in this fight, right, is she had explosion that this girl just did not have. She had strength that this girl just did not have. She had balance. She had speed. And at the point where the fight, right, and she saw what this girl was doing, she felt her strength. She felt all that. And with the point where she just said, no, I'm superior to you as a fighter, the fight was over. She got to the third round. And when she dragged her, she got on top of her, right? And everybody said, get up, get up. She said, no, this is done because she does not have the abilities I have. And she got a balanced hips. Like, this is a thing that's... I really no one's talked about is the position she was in was all because of her hip strength. That's that's not normal, right? It takes a long time to get used to putting weight on your hips onto someone that they can't move you on the ground position. It's it's it go to like jujitsu right now. Just get on top of someone. Get get in the top position, right? It gets an experienced person and stand on top of them. You're not gonna be able to do it. Because you're not going to know how to put your hips down. You're not going to know how to fill out the weight to distribute it. And she just held her hips down, right? And she put her position and she just pounded her out. And that was it. And people are saying, well, she's not ready for this. She's not ready. Yeah, she just started. But this is, I guarantee this learning curve is a lot quicker than you. It's going to happen a lot quicker than which people are realizing. Because she's a natural fighter. And the, you don't have to teach her space. You don't have to teach her distance. It's not CM Punk. Okay, this isn't CM Punk, a person that never fought before. This is a person that's fought at an elite level with the hands. This is Izzy. That's what I'm telling you. This is Israel Adesanya. This is the level you're getting. People need to start getting excited. Because I'm excited. Because I know what the, the, what she's going to turn into if she keeps training this. And she keeps taking it serious. And she should keep boxing. Because why get away from the thing that gives you the advantage? You should keep um, sharpening your sword. You should keep sharpening your knives. You should keep that above everyone else. Don't just work in the MMA stand-up and then it diminishes. That's the problem I had with Holly Holmes. Her stand-up diminished as she kept fighting. No, stay sharp with the bucket. That's your advantage. But keep training this. And it's gonna look, she's going to understand it because she's going to know distance, timing, balance. And she's going to have power and speed. Something these people don't have. And she, they're not going to have their ability. She's already, to me, ability-wise, as far as speed, power, strength, and everything, she's already like a top 10. If I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not saying that she could be into top 10 or fight the top. I'm saying if you said all these traits, she and you were saying she has these traits, she's top 10 in her weight class already. Of the girls' men in Nunes fights, Cruiser Shields has more ability in her body than most of the girls' men in Nunes fights. That's just the truth of it. She probably has more ability in her body than Manny Nunez has. She just does, has to put it together and learn the all the tricks of the jiu-jitsu and the wrestling and learning the, you know, um, I'm not saying that, you know, she's going to dominate. I'm just saying that I'm excited because I know this is a top prospect. And I don't people don't want to see it like that. But that's what it is. That's the truth of it. And this is going to answer, all answers are going to be revealed. And this is like, I keep explaining like Jake Paul knocking out Ben Askren. People were saying the Bashman was going to win just because he was going to smother. 
because he was going to use his wrestling techniques, and it did not work. He got slept in the first round. That's good. That's a valuable lesson learned. That's earning respect for boxing. I think Clarissa Shields is going to earn a lot of respect for boxing in MMA. Thank you guys for listening to, I guess, the first episode, but, it's, you know, it's all under the same thing, of the Ezra podcast. I appreciate it.